Welcome back, everybody, to Chipstifer and Eric reading through the Bible. Yeah. Day 316, Matthew 27 and Mark chapter 15. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes um, if, you, if you pick up a newspaper, that's like, um, like a paper version of the news. Oh. I know it's weird. Um, Is that something new? The headlines try to grab you. You know, oh. like suck you in immediately. Yeah. Right? So uh, these are not inspired in the Bibles that we're reading. We're reading the New Living Translation. The headlines aren't inspired, but this one definitely sucks you in. Matthew chapter 27. Judas hangs himself. Ooh. I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read that one. I'm reading that one. <laughs> Very early in the morning, the leading priests and elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. When Judas who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and the elders. I sinned, he declared, for I betrayed an innocent man. What do we care? They retorted. That's your problem. Did Ju Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. The leading priest picked up the coins. It wouldn't be right to put this money in the temple treasury, they said, since it was payment for murder. Mm -hmm. After some discussion, they finally decided to buy the potter's field, and they made it into a cemetery for foreigners. That is why the field is still called the Field of Blood. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price at which he was valued by the people of Israel, and purchased the potter's field as the Lord directed. Jesus' trial before Pilate. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you've said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges you're, they're bringing against you? Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges much to the governor's surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release back to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who's called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing, so he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip and then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers mocked Jesus. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. 
the crucifixion. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Mm -hmm. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled to him. Mm -hmm. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you're the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. The death of Jesus. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran. They filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. When Jesus shouted out again, he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were, uh, crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the Son of God. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. The Burial of Jesus As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean, clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. The guard at the tomb. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Okay, and we're going to go over to Mark chapter 15 here. Jesus' trial before Pilate. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, the entire high council, met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, You have said it. Then the leading priests kept accusing him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer them? What about these charges they are bringing against you? 
But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, any one the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, Then what should I do with this man that you call king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, Crucify him! So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus, flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers mocked Jesus. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him, and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put on his own clothes, put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. The crucifixion. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you're going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. The death of Jesus. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling out for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his <coughs> last, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. The burial of Jesus. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth 
Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Okay. All right. Yuck. So I was, um, as we were reading about how they were mocking Jesus, you know, got a little defensive in my thoughts. Um, then I thought to myself, well, they're not mocking him now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. Well, we answered two questions. So what? And what's this telling us about God? And we're going to try to figure that out. So yeah. the so what to me, I, I think it's, uh, so it's, it's very clear, right? Jesus died. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he died. He was, he was crucified, killed, murdered, betrayed, all that. He died, and then they put him in a tomb. And thank you, Joseph, stepping in there mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, so Jesus died. And so I think the takeaway um, is simply this today is we need to appreciate the fact that Jesus died for us. Mm-hmm. He died for the sins of the whole world. Let's get personal. He died for Chip, yeah. for yeah. Eric. He died yeah. for you, your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, your your nasty neighbors or whoever. He died for everybody. So Jesus died. Jesus died for us mm-hmm. and the sins of the whole world. And so he had to. Yeah. He had to die, yes. right? The wages of sin is death. Yeah. Jesus stepped up to the plate. You know, under the will of the Father, Jesus willing uh, was willing, you know, your will, not my will, be done. He stepped up, went to the cross, could have stopped it. They could have stopped it. He didn't end it. He went through with it. And Jesus died for our sins. The wages of sin is death. Jesus died, our substitute, instead of us. Mm-hmm. And so that's a crucial part. we got some good news coming Tomorrow? Next day. Uh, next day? Yeah. Some crucial, but this is crucial. Like, yeah. He had to die for our sins. So Jesus did die. Everybody was talking about it. They were mocking him. They even put him in a tomb. You know, it's, yeah. it's like he was dead. And so that's, we need to appreciate the fact that, um, that Jesus died instead of us. Mm-hmm. And he uh, um, did that work on, on our behalf. And so... Uh, I think it's just appreciating the fact that that Jesus died. Now it's, you know, when I'm reading this, I'm, like I said, was defensive and things like that, but we know the good news is coming, but it's, he had to, he just, he just had to do it. And, and, and what really gets me is that he wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know, he wanted to, and he knows all of our nasty stuff and thoughts and all those things and everything we do. And, but he wanted to, and that's, that's really cool. So I think the appreciation there uh, was some the takeaway today. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And what I was going to say goes obviously pretty closely hand in hand with that. And that's this. God is not afraid to do the hard work and get his hands dirty if it means bringing his children back into the fold. Yeah. He is not afraid to lose everything in a moment to bring us back into the fold. And not even that. So like... There are Orthodox Christians who believe that God has, you know, chosen in advance who's going to be saved and who's not. I'm not one of those. Um, I'm. If you ever want to have a debate with me about that, I won't. So, good luck yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'll be all alone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But you know, I will say I I think that God honors our choice to choose Him or not. And so, really, Jesus did this 
uh, not I mean, not everyone's going to be saved. That's very clear. He did this for the opportunity for even one soul to be saved, right? Like yeah. everyone could have rejected him, mm-hmm. you know, and he still would have done this um, so that we had the opportunity yeah. at righteousness. Yes. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's mind-blowing to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just only one. Nah, not going to do it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There's no threshold for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, one is he good. did it so everyone could have the chance, the opportunity to be yeah. saved. And, uh, you know, we're going to read about it again tomorrow. But as we do, I encourage you to think about that and to think about Chip's So What, too, as we read about the crucifixion again tomorrow. Man, this is, there's a lot behind this. And it was always the plan. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. This was always the plan yeah. that Jesus would do this. Um, even before Adam and Eve walked the earth. Yeah, it's, it's just bringing the whole Bible that we've read yeah. 300 and some days is bringing it all together. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So, okay. Well, we're going to do it again tomorrow, and it's going to sound a lot like it did today. Yeah. Hope you have a, a great day today, and good job for reading the Bible. It's pretty important. Yes. So, way very, to go. Very proud of you guys. We will talk to you tomorrow.